Welcome to the Superheroes Everyday Podcast. I'm Danny Horn. I'm here with Ryan Rowe from Tough Pigs and the Muppet Movie Podcast moving right along. Hey, Ryan. Hello. Good to be back. And this is Act 2 of 1995's Batman Forever. Doing the Sid Field 3-act structure, as you'll recall, Act 1 went something like this. Ice Blade Batman, Power Beacon Batman, you know, like, I can just keep going and going. Like Night Slave Batman, Wing Blast Batman, Recon Hunter Batman. Honey Nut Batman, Apple Cinnamon Batman. The most suspenseful thing in the movie is when Jim Carrey has a good take, and then you're just waiting to see if he's going to ruin it or not. As if they got to the end of writing the script and they were like, oh yeah, the Riddler is supposed to do riddles. For about two hours, we see him not catch criminals. What he's amazing at is luring troubled teens to live in his house. By the way, can I just interrupt very quickly? Pat Hingle plays Commissioner Gordon. Is he a bad actor? I thought here stories were perfect and powerful. But I guess in this case, I guess that's not the case right now. All right, now we are in Act 2. We got to talk about the gay stuff. Gay Batman in this movie. Because that was a thing. Joel Schumacher's gay. Yes. And when people want to criticize Batman Forever or, you know, both of his movies, they say like, oh, it's, you know, because it's gay. It's got like this gay sensibility, Uh which is super not the case. And that's I need to I need to discuss that right here, because like because if you say like, so what's gay about this movie? People say like, well, the bat suit has nipples. And then there's like a shot that shows Batman's butt. And I'm like, do you just not know what being gay is like? Like, <laughs> gay people have taste, y'all. Like, no. A two-second shot of someone's ass does not make something gay. That is not Batman Returns was the gay Batman film. Because it was perverted and funny. And it was all about being transgressive. And, like, Catwoman, like, skipping with her whip in the department store is, like, the gayest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> this movie is depressingly straight. Now, there are two things in this movie that I think are gay, are actually gay. Number one is Dick doing his laundry and then like a wink at Alfred at the end. Like, that's a super <laughs> gay scene. And then the second is Gossip Gertie, obviously. Oh, interesting. Especially when she does. So there's a, a line that she it, it's not going to be the format of this show where I drop in a lot of sound clips, but I am going to do this one right here, which is her at the party going, Edward, how does it feel to be the city's newest, most eligible bachelor? Gotham must know. Oh, there's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> that is gay. That is extremely gay. Like the fact that that is not the most famous quote in movie history tells you that gay people did not go to see Batman forever. Because <laughs> if we had, Gossip Gordy would be like a much larger presence in pop culture. I, you know, it's... It's probably time to start making memes of Gossip Gertie. Of Gossip Gertie, right? Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Gay people need to discover Batman forever. Yeah. But that is why this is not a gay movie. Okay. I mean, I think people, it's just the, the, the usual lazy jokes, right? About, right? about Batman and Robin. But yeah, there's nothing in this that's about that. That's not in every other depiction of Batman and Robin. There's really like, there's no tension like that between them at all. No. They even have a scene later on where they're both like, have their shirts off and they're all sweaty and emotional hmm. and that's and there's no there's it's just not this is not a gay movie i wish it was it should be dick grayson in wayne manor wondering what's behind that locked door 
It's the only locked door in the whole house. It's the only locked door. Alfred doesn't want to tell him what's there. My question is, what are they expecting Dick Grayson to do all day? Hanging around this house. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the motorcycle collection. So he could be like tinkering with motorcycles. Yeah, we just want him fixing motorcycles all day. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that doesn't happen. It is. It's a an unexplained thing in mm-hmm. the movie you have a an absurd secret life <laughs> that apparently you want to keep secret and yet you invite inquisitive young men to come live in your home and do laundry right so he gets in he sneaks in doing kind of like parkour yeah another sequence i love which like it's alfred going in the door right mm-hmm. yeah and <laughs> dick is like standing on the third floor balcony overlooking this and he says out loud, now! And then he yeah. jumps. <laughs> yes. The most complicated, noisy, like... <laughs> yes, he's swinging from chandeliers, making him, yeah, squeak and clatter. And Yeah. Yeah, he's doing all these flips and... And it would be much faster if he was just, like, if he just ran down the stairs and, and ran in through the door. No, it takes way more time, but he's being super cute. And it's fun to watch. And it's fun to watch. It kind of piles down the stairs. There's an intruder alert. Which this happens twice when somebody enters the bat mm-hmm. cave in this movie. It doesn't. The intruder alert does not seem super effective. It doesn't do anything. It just says intruder alert, intruder alert. Yeah. So the intruder is is fine at that <laughs> point as long as you as long as you ignore it. Bruce goes over to Chase's place for a date, apparently, where she's making him tea. Right. Yeah. So this is where she lives now. At the start of the scene, she gives Bruce. A Malaysian Dream Warden doll. Because now she's got one to give away. I feel like this is a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> she's trying to get this Malaysian Dream Warden thing going, and she's going to like recruit him down line. <laughs> he's going to buy one for Alfred, one for Dick, one for... No, actually, he's gonna. He's now going to recruit other people to sell oh, course, Malaysian yes. Dream Warden. So then they'll, they all make money kind of upline from that. So she gives him that. His response to receiving a gift is, my parents were murdered in front of me when I was just a kid. I don't remember a lot of what happened, but what I do comes to me in my dreams. Romantic. I have a question. Yes. I know. It's a good, you're, you're not fun on dates. This is the thing that I have, a, I have concerns about. He is repressing memories. Mm-hmm. The memories that he is repressing are as follows. A, his parents are murdered in front of him. Yeah. Which he knows. B, he went to the funeral, which seems pretty obvious. C, his dad had a red leather journal that he wrote in a lot. Yes. And then D, he had an experience that inspired him to become Batman. Right. How is he repressing any of those four things? He knows his parents were murdered in front of him. Obviously, he went to the funeral. Who gives a shit that he has a a red journal? And and he knows that he was inspired to become Batman. The red book is the part where... It's like, oh, this this is going to be significant. Okay, let's, yeah, let's keep watching. Let's find out what, what the Red Book means. And then it doesn't really mean anything other than he no. apparently picked it up and, like, ran away with it. And that's when he fell into the cave yeah. with the bats in it. So I guess if it weren't for the Red Book, he never would have seen the bat. No, because <laughs> he would have just run. Like, why is he running? Yeah, I don't know. Him falling into the cave and seeing all the bats and being inspired to become Batman is kind of the most memorable thing. And this is a person whose parents were murdered in front of him. Even given that, this is the most memorable thing that has ever happened to him. 
that shaped the entire rest of his lunatic life. Yeah, what what's the... Isn't there a scene with bats in the 1989 Batman where he's, like, just starting to become Batman and he sees a, a bat or a bunch of bats, so... Maybe like he up until now he thought that that was how he decided. <laughs> he thought it just he thought it just kind of came up. That's what inspired it, yeah, in his adulthood. But now he's realizing like, oh wait, I just remembered I saw a bat another time. Oh, actually, this other thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, although this appears to be a, a universe that has had a Batman TV show in 1966, because <laughs> yes. because Ed Nigma has all this merch. Yeah. That you know, it wouldn't have taken much to just establish who that character was supposed to be like. Just show him on a cereal box or something. Like. I know, it's so bothersome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why, so really, really the thing, actually, you know what, the memory that he's really repressing is watching the Batman TV show. Oh, yeah. Like, every day at, you know, four in the afternoon. Right. Just sitting there. And that's the thing that actually... That's where he got the idea. That's yeah. where he got the idea to do this. That's it. Yeah. Chase has a collection of Batman magazines, which bothers him. And so they're having kind of like this very close talking, weird conversation where yeah. he's saying, like, it's more than just professional interest, isn't it, Chase? Which he already knows. And she says, I want to be close, but you won't let me be near. What are you protecting me from? And they're very close to each other. They're very close. And he says, I guess we're all two people, one daylight and one we keep in shadow. Mm. And my question is, are we, though? I feel like I'm just one person. I feel like. I don't know if I have a shadow. I don't know. Wait till those those repressed memories from your childhood come back of that time you fell down a hole with a red book. I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm one person. I don't know. I mostly I just hang out. <laughs> I guess I guess I understand why you're two people. I don't I'm not sure that we all are. Yeah, maybe not. Well, this whole scene is like the dialogue feels like something from an old time radio show or or even like one of those soap opera comic strips in the newspaper. Yeah, they're kind of ima- they're making up imaginary dialogue. Yeah, it's not how people talk. Not that most of this movie is how people talk, but no. Yeah, this scene is is especially melodramatic. It's very strange. And then Alfred calls on his watch, which is super cute, Dick Tracy style, and says like, "Oh, you know, Robin took the car. Dick took the car," which he did. And not then the there's Jaguar, Dick, the other car, the other car, which is adorable. Dick is driving the Batmobile through Tokyo again. Blade, Blade Runner. <laughs> through underground neon fluorescent spray paint city. Yeah. Something. Yeah. There's a huge M. I noticed this like the third time that I was watching it. There's like there's a huge golden arches. Oh, oh wow. M from okay. McDonald's. And there's another blonde woman who is attacked by clowns. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of clown prostitutes. And Dick, like, opens the Batmobile and kind of hangs out with the, essentially the only black people in the movie who are prostitutes dressed as Mardi Gras clowns. Mm. Then there's the glow stick mafia. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody was on their way to a rave. Yes. With their face paint and their their fluorescent, yeah. <laughs> their fluorescent spray paint on the wall. And he just shows up and interrupts the whole thing. Yeah, it's very rude of him. I love these guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love the glow stick. I wish that they were the villains of the whole movie. Just these like <laughs> untamed voodoo glow stick urban jungle miscreants. Well, again, this doesn't bear any resemblance to anything that exists in reality. And that's yeah. why I like it. Yeah, it's just this. 
No, they're super fun. It's a yeah. dangerous back alley of the city, but everything is glowing. <laughs> yes. And ever and these people did so much work before they went out tonight yeah. to do whatever they were yeah. going to do. They've got like kind of neon like glowing like rags and stuff all over them. There's the guys who have like skull paint mm-hmm. on Meticulously them. put that makeup on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work every night yeah you gotta give them credit a lot and a lot of and a lot of coordination it must take them forever to do this they all just like attack him this is another deluxe action figure this is martial arts robin with ninja kicking action they do this like big dumb kickboxy fist fight like you always do Mm -hmm. which i like because it's a cute boy doing things and he (laughs) and he grabs the girl and the girl says like doesn't batman ever kiss the girl and then He's cute. It's just cute. Yeah, yeah. He kisses her. He's like, I could definitely get into the superhero. Because he's to- he told people when he showed up that he was Batman. They didn't believe him, but he, he's like, right. yeah, this is what it's like to be Batman. Yeah, I'm going to dig this. And then just like, again, endless swarms of glow stick people just coming out. These people do need to know, like, this is, a, this is another tip for criminals. Like, bright colors and individual makeup jobs, they are not your friends. Yeah, yeah, you might want to blend in a little more. Yeah, no. In this world, criminals draw as much attention to themselves oh, yeah. as possible. Be as bright and as loud as possible. The actual Batman arrives to save Dick, and everyone evaporates. <laughs> and then Dick is like beaten up on Batman, and now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, this is emotional. Yeah, well, because he knows now that that's Bruce Wayne, and and yes. that he was there at the circus. He could have done something, but he didn't. Yeah, and it was okay while he was taking the guy's car. Right. But as soon as the guy shows up, now he's now he's upset. Yeah, it is actually it's I feel like I've done this in my life where you like you get extra upset because you actually like it's a distraction, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I just took dad's car and now dad is here. But now I'm going to make this. Oh, yeah. But what about the time you did that thing? Yeah. Yeah. No. What about the time that you were stood around while my while my parents were dying? That's a pretty strong card to play, too. No, right. Yeah. You want to save that. Of all the distractions. Yeah. Yeah. When you boost the Batmobile, you got to save that one up. Yep. So now they're having a discussion. Dick wants to kill Two-Face. And Batman says, so you're willing to take a life. Revenge is going to be, if you do that, revenge is going to be your whole life. Now, I just watched X-Men First Class Mm. along with Batman Forever. And there's the exact same scene in X-Men First Class. Who is that? It's Xavier and... And young Magneto. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Magneto wants to go and, and kill Sebastian Shaw. And Xavier's like, so you're willing to take a life. Wow. It's it's the exact same thing. Dick says, well, you wouldn't understand because your family wasn't killed right in front of you. Which it feels like, it feels like that's got to be common. I know that, I know that for Bruce, that's apparently repressed. But for everybody else in the world, that's in the newspapers. That's insensitive. And so Dick says, I want to be a part of this. I want you to train me. And Bruce says, no. Mm -hmm. And this is the question of like, so why do you want him to stay in your house? Well, especially now. Yeah. Yeah. What else is he going to do? You brought him in to live with you. Like, what is he supposed to be doing all day when he's not doing laundry? And then there's another fancy party. Sure. Lots of parties in Gotham City. Yeah. Yeah. Nightlife in Gotham City. In in buildings covered with giant statues. I don't think we've mentioned how many giant, ornate statues there are in this movie. Do you want to discuss that? Oh, that's, I mean, I just love it. (laughs) That's it, yeah. At this party, there's a band that has, they seem related to the 
to the glow stick mafia. It comes so soon after that. Yeah, these neon guitars. All the instruments are just like lined with neon. Yeah. Looking at the scene, what I realized was like, oh, this is a musical. Yeah. I think that's what Joel Schumacher was making was a musical. And once you realize that, like everything else kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know, the scene with uh, where the Riddler comes into two faces Slayer. there's mm-hmm. a moment where like he sort of the Riddler sort of walks toward the camera and it really felt like it was about to be a song. Like he was about to start singing. Yeah. And then he didn't. And it was so sad. And this scene especially really struck me as like, Oh, it's this like big splashy like spectacle scene. Yeah. With a ton of movement. Yeah. And the background characters, like at the circus and here, and like whenever like crazy things are happening, like the background characters don't have a response or do anything. Mm-hmm. That's because they're dancing. Like they're the chorus. That's what they are. I feel like the movie makes way more sense if you if you understand it as a musical that just doesn't have music in it. Right. And there is the it's not really it's sort of a musical number in Batman and Robin. There's the poison Ivy sequence mm-hmm. where yeah. there's a band playing and like henchmen dancing and poison Ivy takes off the gorilla costume. I yeah. feel like that's the closest Schumacher was able to get to doing his Batman musical. What number. he really wants to do. Yeah. Did yeah. he ever direct an actual musical? I'm trying to think. I don't know that he did. They, they haven't, you know, they weren't really in style for a lot of his yeah. career, unfortunately. But it would have been great. This yeah. would have been a great musical. Yeah, too bad. I would be too. So here's Ed Nigma back in his normal coiffed attire. Yep, normal hair. Talking to the press, gossip girty. <laughs> and this scene is a little bit tragic for me because I feel like what Jim Carrey does here, I really kind of wish he was doing through the whole movie because he's much mm-hmm. more restrained. That's true. He meets Chase and kind of kisses her hand. He's like, Chase, and what a grand pursuit you must be. <laughs> which is which is a good line. It's a funny line. He kind of like, he he swings her off and like dances away with her. And like with this very exaggerated, like look back. Yeah. At Bruce is like, see, I'm taking your girl. He's great. Yeah. He's being like, he's doing comedy, but he's not completely over the top. Yeah. He has to like keep it in a little bit. Yeah. This is the version that I wish we had for the whole movie. I just think he's fantastic. Yeah, or more of it, at least. If he could, yeah, fluctuate between completely out of control and somewhat in control. 20% less. Yeah. It would have been fantastic. So he is showing off his new holographic box, which now does something different, which is these fully interactive holographic fantasies. So Bruce goes into the machine. That's the big plot point is Bruce goes into the machine. He thinks that it's turned off, but Sugar uh, has another little stick of green mercury that she puts in. A a glow stick, which is like functioning as a USB drive, essentially. Yes, exactly. They use glow sticks for everything. Everything glows in this movie. Yes. And then Two-Face comes in. And once again, I'm really mad at Two-Face. Why are you here? Well, the Riddler's mad at him, too. I know. I agree with him. This wasn't supposed to happen at this point. Yeah. No, I thought they were partners. Two-Face comes in with guns and he's asking for everything. And Bruce runs away to call Alfred and change into his clothes. Really, I guess this exists to give Dick a reason to turn into Robin for like two seconds. To convince Bruce that he can actually be useful as a sidekick. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
so Ed goes over and has these like funny lines with Two Face, where he's saying like, "Why didn't we plan this?" Mm-hmm. But everyone would see the two of them together. Oh yeah, and realize that they're friends. Like it's in the <laughs> middle of they spend a lot of time. There's like several moments where they're standing next to each other, which bothers me. But then like Batman arrives to the skylight. He starts like just beating up henchmen. Gotta love a good Batman crashing through a skylight shot. And then Robin goes outside to get the Robin suit from Alfred's. This is another toy. This is another action mm-hmm, figure. Of course. They did a transforming, a transforming Dick Grayson toy. Oh, how did that work? Is it one of like you squeeze the legs and it pops? It has crime fighting suit and sudden reveal mask. <laughs> okay. I actually wish now that you say that I wish I had more information at my fingertips about that, but that's that is all I know. All right, we'll have to look that up later. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. And then Two Face says, All right, boys, phase two. Which I don't even know. I don't know what he's doing now. <laughs> but Two Face like runs outside and he runs to the elevator and he goes and he leaves with his henchmen. So basically, so what I what I have read is that Joel Schumacher basically just thought of images and then told the screenwriter, like, go make that happen. I completely believe that. One of them was I want to see Batman running away out of flames. Mm. And so that's what this is. All right, so we need Admiral Akbar again because mm. now there's another trap. It is. They turn on the gas and then they blow fire at Batman and he rolls over and he uses his cape. It's another action figure. Okay. Uh, series one, Blast Cape Batman. Sure. So they needed that. Now, how many kids tried to set that cape on fire to see if it would actually <laughs> be fireproof? Yeah, this is now that I think about it. Yeah, this is a bad what does this teach children mm-hmm. what does any of this teach children though i have no idea what what children would learn from this particular set of happy meal figures but that's then the moment where batman can kind of like come out of the fire Ta-da! that was the image that they were looking for two faces yelling like why can't you just die it's like i don't know bad writing i don't know very frustrated yeah we all are really at this point and then Two-Face, like, shoots at something, and, and Batman is buried under all of this... Gravel, yeah. Something. I guess it's like a construction site. Yeah, where you have a lot of gravel that you can dump on somebody. Yeah, you know how it is. And then there's Robin. So this is the moment where Robin can be a hero, and his heroism consists of wait for Batman to be covered Completely in gravel. covered with gravel, suffocating. Right, and then you come down on a wire. Some kind of wire, yes. And heroically pull him, pull a human being with one arm out of the out of the ground. Yeah, yeah, from a very unlikely angle. Yeah. I feel like this is not really sufficient as Robin's debut. He really doesn't do anything. Robin is very, very pleased with himself. He actually does not have a lot of successful battle scenes in this movie, unfortunately. So the next scene is like the sweaty Batcave argument where Bruce doesn't have a shirt on and Robin has tank top and they're fighting about whether they're dating now. <laughs> and Robin's like, you're looking at your new partner. This is actually, I think it's a fun scene. Batman is is saying no. Again, I don't know what they want Dick to do. I don't know. And I think Chris O'Donnell has kind of been criticized a lot for his performance in these movies, but I think he's he's okay in this one. He's fine. I think he's adorable. Yeah. I mean, this is this is going to be a theme, I think, for this podcast for me of just like 
I have no complaints about the cute boy. So I did like Man of Steel was the first episode. Ooh. And I was just like, no, Henry Cavill's great the whole time. It's a terrible movie, but Henry Cavill's fucking fantastic. And, and so now, again, this is going to be the theme of like, nope, Chris O'Donnell does nothing wrong as far as I'm sure. concerned. And so he's super cute. And he's like, here, take this costume, hang it up next to the bat suit. And there's Alfred, again, being the weird love doctor <laughs> manipulator. Yeah, Alfred is sold on on, on Dick as a sidekick, yeah. Yeah, and then tells him to go and go and hit on, on the lady as well. Mm-hmm. So he goes over to Chase's place, and they have weird semi-romantic scene where she wakes up and he's on his balcony. And they kiss, and he's got then got a whole monologue about how she thought about this. But now she realizes that she really, she likes somebody else. And then Batman turns... And then is the moment when Val Kilmer, for the first and only time in the movie, tries to show an emotion. (laughs) And it doesn't go that well. He has this weird, like, grin. This weird, like, unreal. He's trying to act through the bat suit. I think that might be part of the problem, too. Yeah, it's probably hard to, to emote very much when you can't move your entire face. It's creepy as hell, though. Two face Riddler's with Two Face, and Riddler has a little glow stick that has all of Bruce's thoughts on it, which tells him that he's Batman. Bruce Wayne is Batman, and then it turns out that Bruce Wayne is not Batman because all of a sudden he tells Dick that he doesn't want to be Batman yeah, anymore. He's done. He has a remote control, and he's going around the Batcave turning things off. Is he really? I didn't notice. Yeah, <laughs> that is great. His little like multi multi remote. Yeah. Because apparently this was just all about whether he could get a date or not. Right now he like this is it. The rest of his life he's he's going to be with Chase Meridian. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally done. And Dick says like, well, what about you have to you have to be out there fighting and protecting the innocent. And Bruce says, I've dedicated my life to helping strangers I've never met, faces I've never seen. Well, the innocent aren't faceless anymore. What? That means nothing. What? There is no way that you can make that make sense. You've never seen anybody's face? Any of these And now he has? And now because you kissed a lady? You've seen... Yeah. It makes me no, angry. No, I have nothing for that, yeah. It makes me angry. I know. I know. There's so much that's wrong about that. I mean, it, but it goes with this whole thing of he doesn't help anybody in this goddamn movie. Yeah, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't, and now here he's just declaring that that's his his new his new mission in life is not to help people. Yeah, I'm just not gonna. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah, and he's mad at Dick for saying like I'm gonna go after Two Face. Yeah, it's like well somebody ought to. I mean, he's committing crime. Somebody should do something about that guy. He's, you should do something yeah. about it, right? Like, okay, I get that you don't want him to like kill Two Face, but you keep hanging out at home. And he says he says to Dick like. If you do find Harvey, it's like Harvey is very findable. Like he turns up right in front of you. What has it been like three times now? I think so. Yeah. Three different occasions. Two-Face actually like literally just turns up right in front of him. At the circus, he does the ambush. And then, and then at this party, if you find Harvey. You got to scour Gotham City, but you're going to find him. Yeah. Yeah, just wait. He'll just show up in front of you. And then he says that Chase is coming over for dinner. And he's going to tell her everything. Oh, that's nice. And that is going to fix all of his problems. They've known each other how long now? Oh, I don't know. A couple of days? 
Yeah, this is it. She's the one. This is third date, right? They did the circus and they did like the number of crime scenes that they go to. Uh, they had the circus and the party. And now this is the new crime scene. The third third date crime scene is that Chase is coming over. So Dick is unhappy. He looks at the back gear, takes his costume and his motorcycle. This is another toy. Of course. Kenner made a Robin cycle. And so now is the the Halloween dinner date. Once again, very strange emotionally. Sit in front of fire. Bruce says, there's something I want to tell you. She apparently is cured of all of her problems. She says, I'm not I'm not attracted to, to bad boys anymore. No, she's done. She accidentally knocks over a flower, which falls down. And it's not a thing that he's ever seen. <laughs> so now he has, again, memory flashes of like things that he is. He absolutely remembers. And tells her like, OK, I want to tell you something. That's when they do the big flashback right. of like there was a red book on my father's desk and he wrote in it every day of my life. And I'm looking at him. At that moment, I knew my life would never be the same. It's like, yeah, your parents died. <laughs> yeah. That seems pretty evident. I don't know what the book has to do with anything. I, yeah, the book. I wonder, was there another draft of the script don't where know. the book was given more significance that actually meant something or did they just kind of forget about it maybe there should have been another draft after this <laughs> maybe that's like what does the book have to do apparently well i guess they weren't selling there's no toy oh they weren't gonna like, <laughs> they like, weren't gonna sell yep, like uh, yeah bruce wayne's dad replica journals yeah young bruce with attached ninja power red leather book yeah they can't sell that in toys r us memory book right. now there's just nothing they can do so yeah it doesn't really matter so that's when we see all the bats. And he says, like, the figure in the dark was my destiny. It would change my life forever. I would use its image to strike terror into the hearts of those who did evil. I would ensure that what happened to me would never happen to anyone else again. And she says, Bruce, what are you trying to tell me? It's like, I'm trying to tell you, I use the image of a bat <laughs> to strike terror. I'm a man who uses the symbolism of a bat i'm a i'm a bat type of a man you have you have a whole file on batman like if there's one person like i can imagine like just somebody off the street where you maybe you tell them the story and maybe for a second they're like well they they wouldn't think like okay well you're batman but like she's gotten up close to both of them yeah you're talking to the batman expert and you're like i would use the image of a bat nothing doesn't get that she finally gets it because then she kisses him that's what does it yeah, she is super into guys with repressed memories. And I will say, Nicole Kidman does a great job of playing that very strange, specific moment like, where I, it's like, yeah. she kisses him, and then she stops. And then, like, she kind of half covers her mouth with her yeah. hand, like, oh, oh, I, it's the same guy. I just, like, you, yeah, it's, <laughs> right, it's, yes. it's hard to, yeah. to get that across, but she does it. It really is, yeah. No, she's doing the whole... I'd know those lips anywhere. <laughs> but then, wouldn't you know it, then there's an attack. Oh, Two-Face and Riddler. And more henchmen. It's Halloween. And more hench- and lots more henchmen. Lots and lots more giggling henchmen. They do get in the house by pretending to be trick-or-treaters, which is funny. Yes. It's very the cute. The only reason that it's Halloween in this scene. Right, yes. is so that they can that they can get Alfred to open the door. Mm-hmm. The henchmen come in and, and Bruce starts hitting people. Two-Face flips a coin. And then even Chase like punches the guy. And two faces there. He flips the coin again. He flips the coin three times. Yeah, this is the the most egregious. I know it's so yeah. bothersome. It's so two faces so bothersome. 
that yeah like what does your what does two-face mean what does it mean yeah they're they, nothing yeah he sits in a chair they just abandoned the the purpose of the character this might happen in some earlier fight scenes too but i noticed it in this scene when when characters are punching and, and kicking each other there's some very cartoony sound effects Yes. And what's coming up actually is the most cartoony sound effects of all is the Riddler in the Batcave. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which, okay, I'm going to see actually if you will defend this scene. I find this sequence unbearable. Just uh, I think this is the worst. This is the worst scene in the film. Of the Riddler destroying all of Batman stuff? Yeah. Using his little rubber duck bombs. Yeah. Which is not, that's Green Goblin. Well, are they they ducks or or are they little bats? I thought they might be ducks oh okay they're little rubber ducks they're little bouncy rubber ducks that are green with question marks painted on why well why? what would you would you prefer if they were just like little cartoon style black bombs with fuses or riddles are they riddles of some kind are these riddle bombs what bombs are they with question marks on them at the very least they don't know what they want the riddler to be either no that's, that's true he has weight like two-face doesn't have enough personality and then the riddler has like every he's every villain yeah at the same I, time, he's the green I guess I, I just like that it gives me something different to look at. Like, here, here's a new weird thing in this scene no. to, for you to look at. It's a wind-up wind rubber duck bomb, or whatever it is. 99 times out of 100, I am with you on this. This is, this is where it goes too far for you. This is the scene where I'm just like, oh my god, it's so hard to... And he's just like... It's just Jim Carrey doing the... He's the most Jim Carrey he could possibly mm-hmm. be. Like, like, and, like, and the explosions aren't actually, like... most For the most part... It doesn't even look like they're big enough to destroy anything. They do destroy the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. And then, and he scratches his, his junk with this, like, cartoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a bit which much. Which is irritating. And then he blows up the Batmobile and he yells, Joygasm! Yeah, I, Joygasm I have no defense for. That, there you go, I would, there you go. I would All right, that. there's, I knew I would get you. Yeah. I knew I would get you I would cut Joygasm. that out of the movie if I could. And it's hard to even say what, like, it's not because it's like, oh, it's too, you know, it's a movie for kids or whatever, and they shouldn't hear that word because who cares? No, and it's they wouldn't really... even know what it meant. I know, it's it's it, it's a hard moment for cinema, I feel like, is yeah. that scene. I'm trying to think what I, if, if there's something you could replace it with, that would be better. Anything else. But. <laughs> Anything else. Yeah. Babies crying would be fine. I'd be totally fine with that. Meanwhile, the dinner date is not going well. Henchmen are still fighting. Two-Face finally, he like flips a coin, he finally gets tails. And he shoots Bruce and hits him in the shoulder and he falls down the stairs and now he's unconscious. Mm-hmm. And Chase is captured and the Riddler leaves another stupid riddle. And so now Batman is at his lowest point. Yeah. Bottom of the stairs, unconscious. Robin's gone. Girl's captured. He's just left with stupid riddle. The Batmobile has been destroyed. He's going to Batmobile's to... been destroyed. And so you know what that means, that is Lowe's point, thanks to Sid Field, that's the end of Act 2. Oh. So we're going to leave Bruce lying at the bottom of the stairs, we're going to take a break, and I will be releasing Act 3 later on this, you're going to have to wait to see how this all works out. Here's what's coming up in Act 3. It's amazing that, that Gotham City even is still open for business at this point you would think that everybody you get more than three people together in a room two-face shows up and starts shooting people let's let's go down the list of all the villains in gotham city and see if we can figure out who's projecting the, the sign of a question mark so then we get the moment 
Holy rusted metal, Batman. There it is. Does he want money? What does he want? What does he want, is my question. He wants to become the hammiest actor in Hollywood. <laughs> He's extremely successful. Yeah. Now that I think about it. And it turns out, you know how objects fall at the same rate? Yes. Unless you're really trying. Right. And then you can fall faster. You just have to really want to. You have to fall better. So stay tuned for that. Thank you, Ryan. You're very welcome. Thank you. I will see you in Act 3 of the Superheroes Everyday Podcast. Enigma Tech stock is outselling Wayne Enterprises 2 to 1. Are you yesterday's news, Bruce?